Hey, Res Church, Pastor Daniel here with another fireside chat. Today, we're going to talk about our church covenant. In fact, we're and have been in the process of rewriting our church covenant. If you're not familiar with our church covenant or with church covenants in general, uh, that term can be used for a few different things. We use that term, church covenant or church commitment, uh, to describe a document that articulates uh, the commitment that you make when you become an owner at our church. So we use the term owner, not the term member. Uh, the term member is honestly probably more accurate. The, the term member goes all the way back to 1 Corinthians 12, where uh, Paul gives us that beautiful analogy about the church being the body and every one of us being a member of the body. Uh, so, so body member is really where that that term member comes from. The problem with that is that in the modern era, you can be the member of a gym. You can be a member of a country club, a discount club. You can be a Costco member. Their membership means all sorts of different things. And uh, we we bring all these preconceived notions into our, our uh, church experience and other places. And so uh, today, as we talk through this episode, I just want to talk a little bit about why I, why to have a church covenant, you know, why it even matters, why we chose to do it. Um, and really, this whole conversation about a church covenant is going to center around two things. And so I want to make sure you hear these two things. The first is this idea of clear expectations, just clear, understandable, well-communicated clear expectations. And the second is the idea that the Bible sets the standard. And so um, the, the first idea of clear of clear uh, standards, or I'm sorry, of clear, clear expectations, we're going to talk about uh, in just a minute. But I want to start with uh, uh, something we talk about in our church all the time, which is uh, the Bible sets the course for us. And uh, you'll hear us say things from the pulpit and from our various leadership platforms a lot that if I feel one way and the Bible says it a different way or feels another way or, or communicates something differently than I feel, and so I'm at odds with the Bible, that it's a real, really, it's a debate. Who's right, me or God? Because the Bible is God's word and uh, it's inerrant, meaning it has no error. It's infallible, meaning uh, there's no mistake. It's perfect. And uh, there's no there's no deviation. God is the same all the time. And so if I feel differently, the problem is me. The problem is me. And we do all the time. We got to be honest. We feel differently than the Bible says about something, about maybe extending grace to someone, about forgiveness, about even our own identity. There's um, uh, most of this human life in a fallen world is us feeling differently than a truth in the Bible and trying to align ourselves to the truths in the Bible. So when we talk about church covenant, what we're really talking about is um, we believe there is a standard in the Bible for what being part of the body of Christ, in our case, being an owner, means. Uh, we believe the Bible clearly articulates a number of things about uh, being a Christian. And when you're in a church, it's this idea that you are uh, being a Christian with other people who are being Christians, and you're doing this this life together, this pursuit of Jesus Christ, this working out of our salvation with fear and trembling together. And 
there's encouragement involved in that. There's there's hope involved in that. There's accountability involved in that. There's all sorts of things, but all in a, in, in the nature of a community, a, a diverse community, and we there is a need to clearly explain what we believe the Bible says is the standard for Christians that are in the same local church. And the reason that that is so important is because, man, we most of us have a church history somewhere else. And those of us that don't have a church history somewhere else uh, have some notion of what church membership would would involve or entail. We, we have stories, we have relatives, we have friends. And so we have all this experience. Uh, let's just negatively call it baggage. This baggage, this history. And we bring this into this new church relationship. And it colors how we see this thing working. And it does not always align with scripture. And so just a couple examples there are plenty of times that uh, churches put extra biblical standards on top of church members or church membership or church behavior or things like that. So they take something that's not in the Bible and they add that as a new standard. And to be frank, that might be okay. It, it might be okay in a, in a local church to say, hey, we collectively together believe that even though this isn't stipulated in the Bible, we think it's important enough in the culture of our local church to make it something we all agree to do, or maybe they make it a requirement or, or what have you, right? Different churches are different. And that might be all right. But certainly, if you're going to have an extra biblical standard, boy, you'd want to be so clear about that, uh, how you communicated that, and that what that standard was, and, and, and the conviction that got you there. I, I hope that makes sense. So let, let me talk a little bit about the reason we ultimately decided to have a church covenant is there were there are two types of commitments that we saw necessary in a local church. One is committing to the body, saying, hey, uh, I want to be part of this local body. I believe God has called me to be part of this local body, this church. Now, <clears throat> I personally, with conviction, do not believe you, the, the, the biblically, the recipe for joining a local church is shopping churches. And what I mean by shopping churches is like serial dating, right? I'm going to go and I'm going to try two, three, four, five, six, seven churches, I'm gonna, whatever, some, some virgin churches. And if I quote unquote, like it, then I'll join it. Okay. And that might be how you choose a gym. That might be how you uh, shop for houses or cars. Uh, you know, the it's like Goldilocks, right? This this bed is too hard and this bed is too soft. You know, this doctrine is too hard. This doctrine is too soft. I I, I don't believe that that is um, really in the spirit of the way we see God working in the New Testament. What I do believe is that God calls you to a church. And we do see that in the New Testament where God is, takes Paul and Barnabas and calls them into different service and, and tells the church to send them. I mean, there's, there's this spirit-led, God is moving people around. He scatters believers from Jerusalem with tribulation. He, he sends people on mission trips. He, he sends them to minister to people. He, he has them go stand out at a, uh, like a four-way stop in the middle of the desert. So the, this, uh, eunuch is coming by in a chariot. How you have an opportunity to, to work with him? I mean, the, the, it's it's a very dynamic thing. So I believe we are actually called to churches. Now, I don't believe that means you 
you you you go to a church that has bad doctrine. <laughs> I don't I don't think we're talking about you know the 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 uh, extremes of this. I, what I do believe is that um, you, let's say you have a preference of a certain worship type, and you love that worship type. That's your favorite worship type. Is that the reason to choose a church? I mean, I think it is for some people. Well, let's say it's a good kids ministry or uh, it's a youth ministry you think your kid will go to or it's the type of women's ministry you really like or whatever, right? There's this thing that you like. Is that the reason? Well, I don't, none of those things are reasons in the Bible. What if the... Here, here, let me see if I can help explain this a little bit better. Paul's analogy in 1 Corinthians 12 is that you, you, as a believer, are an integral body part in a local body. Integral, like you're a kidney. You know, you're you're a gallbladder. You're the heart. You're you're uh, you're the, you're the right hand. You, I mean, every one of us has this uh, integral role, and the Bible goes so far as to say that the the body isn't healthy and functioning well if you're not filling your role in that local body. Now, my question is. If we had to pick who chooses to ensure that you're in the right local body doing the thing that God is leading, like has created and gifted you to do so that the body is healthy, if we had to choose, who would we want to make the choice of all of the thousand churches in town? Me? We want me to choose? Uh, the right church for myself or what I want God to lead me directly to, even if it wasn't of my preferences, even if it wasn't specifically the thing that at first glance I liked, but I want God to lead me to the church that he has designed and gifted me to serve in. I mean, I think that's an easy question when you put it that way, right? You go, well, man, I want God to lead me to the place that he's trying to use me. And my point is that how often in your life when God's leading you somewhere in any aspect of your life, does it immediately look comfortable and fun and, and and match all my preferences. Like I would tell you, that's the opposite for me. Most of the time, God takes me into difficult situations and difficult places. And oftentimes the initial thought of what God's leading me into is hard or difficult or I don't like it. And it's because God is transforming me in the process and, and it's his will, not my will. And I got to get over my dang self. So this idea that I'm going to go around and shop churches to me is uh, antithetical. Like I just, it doesn't make sense to me. We don't, we don't do that in other areas. The, the, the recipe of the Christian life seems to be to die to myself, pick up my cross and follow Jesus. The, the recipe of the Christian life seems to be to cede my own will to God's will by following the spirit in, in humble obedience and allow him to take me sovereignly into places that I need to go. And so, uh, I believe you're called to churches. And so, um, I, I, why, why the big story you're called to churches? Well, if you're called to a church and, and you're going to do life as integrated as body parts are integrated with one another, then you need to be on the same page about expectations. Like, what does it mean to be an owner at Resurrection Church? What, what, what do we do? What do we not do? How do we do it? How do we not do it? What are the things that we, we, we put uh, instructions around? or clarification around, and what are things that we just leave open for interpretation? I think all those are very important questions. And so the idea of a church covenant is this. We, we write out prayerfully after a lot of work, or a lot of conviction, a lot of prayer, a lot of discussion, what the church really values, what the Bible says church members are to do and not to do. 
and, and, and we're not writing those out and creating something that doesn't frankly already exist both in scripture and in the hearts of the elders and the leadership and 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 the core of the church that are already here following God. What simply we're doing is recording what we observe and see God doing and say, hey, these are the things that God has led us to. This is the way in Scripture and, and the places in Scripture that we've been uh, uh, convicted of that are of utmost importance in this season of our church right now. And so, for instance, uh, in our uh, the life of our church, we have recently rewritten the, the the church values, the heart of the church, rearticulated those. Those have changed a little bit. They're all very scriptural. There's, I think, over some accounted. There's over 300 verses in uh, that document. The, the the longer document talks about our values, and uh, we believe, like like convictionally believe, these are of utmost importance to our church right now. And so we're we're just we're working through those. And then there's there's just things that uh, we believe every Christian needs to do as part of a local church. We believe this. And so we put it down somewhere so we can explain, hey, listen, here's what we value. Here's how we think it needs to be done. Here, here are the things we see in scripture. And we just articulate those out. And some of them may seem very unique, but I would guess that most of them are pretty similar. You could go to a lot of other churches and, and live by the things that are in our church covenant and and be pretty normal because they're in the Bible and they believe the Bible too. So why do we write them out? Well, because we want to be clear. We believe this is what it looks like. We want to describe it really well without confusion. Now, I had someone tell me this recently, and and um, I thought, man, you could. How easy is it to confuse these things? Someone said, man, if you if you list things out in a church covenant. In fact, I had two different people tell me this in different ways. If you list things out. And the covenant is like, oh, it's a contract. Right? I got to sign it. So I got I to gotta sign to this list of things that I have to do. And I went, wow, that does not sound like the church covenant to me. And it certainly doesn't sound like the heart of the elders of the leadership team to me either. And I had someone else tell me, it's like we're trying to coerce people to do things. And I was like, oh, goodness, man. Um, how easy it is to change terminology slightly and see something from a different perspective. Um, let, let me say this about having a church covenant. By no means should you read the church covenant and feel like you're being coerced to do anything. In fact, if you read the church covenant and you it doesn't strike a chord with you, it, you, it, doesn't, it doesn't do something kind of in your soul where you go, yes, yes, the, this is a healthy church. This is the healthy behaviors in a healthy church. I love this. If you don't have that kind of feeling when you read the church covenant, I would tell you, you should not try and sign the church covenant. Please, please do not sign that. If you have reservations about things that are articulated in the church covenant, like which are simply, these are the behaviors of a healthy Christian in a healthy church at Resurrection Church. That, that's all it said there. Uh, both the, the um, uh, an owner and from leadership. So there's actually a whole other category of, of commitment from leadership. If you don't believe that, if like that doesn't seem like, yes, almost like so common sense that you go, did this need to be written down? I mean, come on. Like if it doesn't feel that way, you should not sign it at all. Let me see if I can give you an analogy um, that might be really helpful uh, so that we can take our church hat off. Imagine that you were, um, you, you wanted to get in shape. You want to get in shape. And so you you went and you talked to the owner of a local gym and he said, you know, you could, you could join the gym, of course. He goes, but if you want, uh, we have this, um, we have this, this little group. 
that meets together. And yeah, we go to the gym, but like we do, we do some extra stuff. Like we're really concerned about healthy living. And so if you join this little, little group, we have this fitness group, um, you, you essentially make a commitment that the rest of us have all made to one another to work out three times a week and to hold each other accountable for it. And to only, you know, eat, you know, journal our food and maybe only have like one cheat day a, a week and uh, we encourage each other and we really, we're, you know, we're there for each other so we can do this together. And we all commit to these, these healthy attributes of healthy living and then uh, hold each other accountable to them. Uh, and you can do that if you want. In fact, it's free, it's free, you know, if you want to do it. And you go, why are you trying to, why are you trying to coerce me to eat and write? It's like, no, no, you don't have to, you don't have to do that at all. It's, a, it's an optional group. Like you told me you were interested. If you're interested, you know, you can join this. Well, why are you trying to force me to sign? You know, like you, you can see how easily the perspective can, can get distorted, right? Um, you go, no, 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 this is, a, this is an optional group. You, if you value these things and you value the things we value, you can come do it with us and help us do it. And we all commit to these things so that we have clear expectations of what the behavior looks like of healthy living. Same thing for a church covenant. Uh, we write out what we think uh, healthy church living looks like, what the behavior looks like, what the what the internal and external behavior looks like. And we all go, yeah, that's right. And, and let's commit to do that together. And if you read it and you don't think that it looks like the, the, the right biblical healthy living, well, certainly don't sign the covenant. There might be a, a bigger question that over time, if, if your heart doesn't change to represent those things, you might not actually be called to this church. Um, that's not a bad thing. That, that might be a clarifying moment for you to realize, wow, I might have been in the wrong place and God was trying to lead me somewhere and I didn't go there. Um, that's the idea of, a church covenant. It's this shared values. We all look at each other and go, man, we want to do this. We want to do this well. Let's commit to one another to do this well. And this is what it looks like, clear expectations. I, I hope that uh, helps you understand why we have a church covenant. It's the idea of clarity and shared commitment of the things that we believe God's leading us as church members to do. It is not, and it will never be, as long as uh, I have the ability to to, to push and, and wrestle, and, and I know another a number of the elders, if not all the others, share this exact conviction. It will never be a coercion tactic or uh, something meant to hammer you over the head. It's meant to clarify, it's meant to explain, and it's meant to um, rally us together into this, this shared uh, community of faith inside our local church so that we're all running the same direction, the same values, same tone, uh, same convictions as we do life together. I hope that helps. Uh, until next time, uh, thanks for spending some time and listening with me.